And we're back. It is Tell Me Your Story. Yes, we come your way every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays with new paradigms for a new world. We also stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. That's right. We are here to bring you more information, give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true, as well as on the podcasts, which is the full version of the interview uh, that you can pick up on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, <sighs> Amazon Music. And we're on YouTube where you can watch these videos and we link to our guest's website. I'm in the process right now of learning my video editing software where I can actually place a link that you can actually click on the video, the surface of it, if you will. So I'm still working on it, folks. I know it's possible. Um, and uh, that way you can go straight to our guest website and find out more about what they are doing. We uh, hope you'll subscribe, too. And I'm going to say this probably every time that I bring this up. Please subscribe. Not because I'm trying to raise my subscriber numbers. I don't care about those numbers. What I care about is you being notified of new content that has been posted to either the podcast or videocast locations like SoundCloud or Spotify and YouTube. So if you want to be notified when something new comes up, boom, go ahead and subscribe. You can subscribe anonymously, as I have found out, uh, especially to YouTube. You probably can do that on some of these other sites as well, but I think it would behoove you to do so. We also ask that if you'd like to support this program financially, we would greatly appreciate anything that you would be uh, able to support us with. Energetic support, certainly, but financial through PayPal. PayPal, it's there for your security as well as ours. And then we ask you to take time, spend time in that quiet calm, still, peaceful place. No, it's not at the beach and it's not on a mountaintop. It's going within and listening to that still, small voice. You can trust it. I guarantee you, you can trust it. You can listen for inspiration, for insight, for guidance. Uh, I even think maybe uh, for a little, uh, some laughs. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe your higher self is a, a closet comedian. Needless to say, we want you to take that time to relax and just take it easy, all right? Uh, on the outside world, it's rather chaotic. It's like someone uh, turned on high speed on the uh, blender, and uh, we have no clue as to uh, how this is all going to um, settle out. But we know that from time to time it will, and then it'll get stirred up again and settle out, and that's just the cycle of life on the outside. But on the inside, not so much. It's... Uh, it's a place where you can uh, relax and rest. As a kid growing up, I always thought, if I could just find that place on the planet. And I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And I then realized that even if I found it, if I found it, then so could everybody else. Whereas going within, nobody else can get there. Okay? I don't care what they do. They can't get there. So with all of that said, wasting, so to speak, a matter of three and a half minutes into the program, we are going to waste no more time. We're going to get to our guest who is returning here on the program. And I have to tell you, I loved the first time we had her on because of the conversation that we had about divine trust, a practical guide to end suffering and find your way home. Now, in my case, it wasn't jumping on a plane and flying back to Phoenix and going to 1822 East Hubble, okay? That's not home. 
But we're going to find out exactly where home is as our guest uh, defines that for us. Nancy Wiley, thank you so much for being with us again here on Tell Me Your Story. It's always a pleasure. Oh, Richard, I had so much fun with you last time. I know. I can't wait to see where we go. Oh, well, this is the uh, Dan. We're going on today. <laughs> well, I'm sure you probably know who Dan Rather is, and I'm going to be Dan Rather today. Boy, I'm going to ambush you. No, I'm kidding. I would never do that to my guests because I want them back. I, you know, I always I always find that interesting with uh, many uh, uh, interviews that I see, especially the antagonistic type uh, that might go on for 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm going, so you're berating this person because you never want to talk to them again and they'll never want to talk to you again. Mm -hmm. I just I, I find that, you know, kind of bizarre. But you have a simple method Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, in deepening our trust in the universes. Oh, I love this word. Orchestrating power. Mm -hmm. um, and when we step back as the observer, we're really able to see, aren't we, the orchestration that's going on to a limited degree because we're still in this human body. Right. But we can kind of step back. I mean, I step back every so often and I look at periods of my life and I'm going... I, I couldn't have planned that any better if I spent another lifetime trying to figure out how. I know, I know. Wow! You get out of your own way yeah. and you flow with this. It's really a dance. It's a dance with this energy that hosts all that is. And I've listened to you enough with other guests and then we had great conversations. So I know from where you're coming from and I just want to, Again, you know, say this out loud to you and your listeners, mm -hmm. what we're doing on the planet right now and how we're speaking this out. It's a vibration that goes out and actually makes a difference. So thank you, Richard, for what you're doing. Thank you for having me on here. I just love your platform and what you're doing. So keep it up. It's really great work and it's making a huge change. You yeah. can feel it. And well, no wonder your your viewers have really skyrocketed over the last year. Yeah. It's because it's time. Yeah. It's the time on the planet. And the blunder that you're saying that has been yeah. turned on high speed. Yeah. It's all to wake us up. Wake up. Wake mm, up. Yeah. Come on, human humanity. Wake up. Yeah. Get with the program. Understand. So that's nothing more than, um, hey, you know what? I think uh, you all are creating maybe what uh, the opposite of what you want. So why don't you wake up to what you're doing yeah. and become more conscious? And that's what my book is about. It's divine trust, trusting in this energy that's hosting all things, animate and inanimate. So it's in everything and it's actually alive. And it wants us to appreciate it, understand it. You know, I do want to talk about, you had said something in the last interview about energy is neither positive nor negative. It mm -hmm. just is. Mm -hmm. And that is not my experience of the divine. When you go in and you see this divine, and especially when you go in to, and you, you make the effort to go into your still small voice, I say it's coming into the present moment. And looking with your eyes closed up, what's in front of you? Is it alive or is it inert? And you sit there long enough, you're like, oh my God, it's alive. It's aware. It wants us to know it. 
it's bizarre, but mm-hmm. until someone shows you with their consciousness, like uses their light to light your light, it's mm. like it's a transferable type of a, um, a skill um, or an ability, which we all have. We all have this equal access. It's just, are we deciding to use it? Are we deciding to stay in misery and pain? Yeah. Decisions ours. Yeah. And that's why the blender is getting turned up. Come on, are you gonna are you gonna stay in that blender, or do you want to find peace in everything? Yeah, Nancy Wiley's my guest, and it is uh, trust the divine, trustthedivine.com. Here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, along with Nancy Wiley, who uh, is sharing with us her thoughts, insights from, of course, the book she's written and the website trustthedivine.com. It's a practical guide to end suffering and find your way home. Um, I read something just the other day, and this actually does tie in because part of part of uh, uh, what you want to help those of us to alleviate the suffering and so forth, the worry. Uh, I read that the opposite of addiction, no matter what it is, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. Let's let's stick with the chemicals because it could be alcohol or drugs. It is not sobriety. The opposite. Now, I read this. I didn't make this up. The opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. And I thought, wow, mm-hmm. that that is true, isn't it? Yes. We don't, we don't want, when we are talking on this program to people who we don't know whether they have addictions or what, what their life circumstances are, but we talk about, you know, going within and connecting with the divine, connecting with that higher self, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you know, uh, I've always said this, that uh, your, your, your uh, 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 um, uh, still small voice will never put you in harm's way. It will challenge you, but it will never put you in harm's way. Well, addiction puts you in harm's way, but your still small voice didn't tell you to become addicted to this, that, or the other thing. I, I want to add to this. So is an addiction looking to fill a void why else would we become addicted we're trying to fill or soothe a pain we're feeling we're trying to deaden maybe our pain um and this connection is so nourishing it sets right whatever is waffling in your energy field Mm. it's just so nourishing and it fills all the voids, all the hunger. And right now in every human being in the heart is this calling, this find a way home. You said it last time, What? how do you find a way home? Define that. And to me, it's a communion. It's a one-on-one relationship that's a give and take. It's a dance with the creator of everything. And when you do it, you see it's actually us. It's working through us. We are it. And why don't we know it? Because it wouldn't be fun for the creator to plop us down here. It wants to know itself. It wants to know its magnificence, its everythingness, its its true miraculous nature. But if it came to earth as a body, like say it's coming into, it is coming to earth and you, Richard, and me and everyone else that's mm-hmm. listening or on the planet. <laughs> 
But if it knew itself, it wouldn't be as much fun. It's the forgetting and then waking up that is just so, wow, wow. We are the divine, what? (laughs) And that is the way home. That is being home, coming home. It is knowing what you are made of, each one of us. Yeah, yeah. And I have often uh, spoken of this and my experiences with trusting the divine or uh, the still small voice, if you will. And um, my one example of many uh, where um, I went a half a mile out of my way before I finally turned around and went back to the intersection where I was prompted to turn and I did, and I ended up going three miles out of my, what I thought was out of my way, until I got back on the, the path and, and, and made it to uh, my destination. And <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, um, uh, and, and so now, here I am, I'm 62, and I am finding that <clears throat> um, it, it actually does get easier and easier to trust. I even... Well, put the query out as I'm driving, you know, do I want to, you know, uh, uh, sh- uh, am I going to turn up here? Am I going to go straight? Am I going to turn up here? Am I going to go left? Li- which way am I going now? Uh, should I stop over here and do this, that, or the And <clears throat> now it's just a matter of, it's al- it's almost a matter of course where, oh, okay. I mean, no problem. No, yeah. And it's, just, it, it's not even a, a thought anymore. It's like, oh, okay, that's where we're going. And away we go. Once again, I have no clue as to why, by the same token, you know what? I don't need to know why. I don't. It's inspired action. You don't know why. And that's the fun. Because most likely what you're going to encounter is something that's really amazing and miraculous. And that was meant for you to come in contact with or come, you know, in evidence with it's just so beautiful i love when that happens those are the funnest times oh yeah (laughs) talk to us a little bit about uh this concept it's kind of an interesting one i have never put it in this in these words but you have uh talk to us about the grace of trust Mm. so for me the grace of trust is when you're in this dance it's just this perfect unfolding And everything, I mean, you can look back on your whole life. It's one of my exercises in my book is write down a list of anything your mind labels as bad or something, a situation that was a negative in your life or someone else's. Just write as many down as you can. And it can be spiritual, financial, you know, physical, health-wise, just write it down. And then when you get to this, um, the present moment, which is where the creator is and your relationship, your communion with creator, and you drop something that your mind labeled as negative into it, it dissolves it. And you see what a blessing it was in your life. Mm. You didn't think about it at that time, but you realize, oh my God, that was a turning point for me where if that didn't happen, this wouldn't have happened. And then this wouldn't have happened. And you see the perfect, the grace unfolding as it is. It's really, it's really so nourishing and enriching and just a beautiful unfolding of your life. You know, it's it. What is so, so fascinating is the fact that 
It doesn't necessarily make life, quote unquote, easier. But what it does is it gives us that um, that in, internal peace, if you will. It, 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 it takes away a lot of, interestingly enough, it takes away a lot of the guesswork. Mm. You know? I, I do. I do think it does. In my case, it makes my life easier because once you understand um, the the mental construct of how this world is created, and you know, I talked about the bus stop conversation where we all choose what it is, what kind of conditions are we going to come into, and why, and how that's meant to develop our soul which is endless and it goes on and on and on probably through multiple lives. I'm open to it. I hope <clears throat> I know you are. And I mm -hmm. know, you know, some of your listeners, maybe not, but it, let's just say for sake of arguments, we choose our conditions and then we take a body. And once you understand like, well, I chose that. I chose to have a special needs daughter. Mm. Wow. You know, I had a, in my case, I had a special needs brother and we all, my whole, my siblings, it was so painful. We block that part of growing up out. We, we, we block it out. It's like amnesia. And then what happens? I have my own daughter who's special needs. Why? Because I didn't look at it. I chose that. And so once you see that, you're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And you see like, okay, there has to be something with maybe acceptance or, or becoming stronger. I know an autobiography of a yogi, Paramahansa Yogananda said the strongest or the most powerful yogi was not his yogi, but his yogi's yogi. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he had a family, he had a wife, he had a job, he worked on the railway. And yet he could still come after a whole day of working and family issues and marital, you know, whatever, living with that. He could still get into such um, a profound meditative state. He would he would levitate off the ground. And Paramahansa Yogananda said, well, that is true power. He goes, me, I live in a, an ashram. I don't have all the trappings of uh, of the regular life of a spouse, children, and a job. I just live in an ashram and I have, you know, peace all the time. But this man had to overcome that. So I say to myself, you know, is that, is this the case for me? Is it because I'm having this special being in my life, but boy, does she put trigger. It's like having um, a four-year-old your whole life. She never changes. She never, you have to be constantly on her for her own safety, for, you know, her own self-care. And I'm like, that's a really difficult thing. And if I can elevate myself and become enlightened with that, I think that makes me more powerful. So when anything happens in our lives like that, any disability, any anything our mind labels as lacking, missing, and wrong, and you look at it for, I chose it for some reason, let's just not resist. Resistance is, um, <laughs> is the impetus to hold you back out of, of becoming all you can. Just accept it. And this this flower grows and blossoms. And as you see it and you go with it, you don't resist it. You let it show you, teach you and grow you. And you're like, oh, my God, what on my mind labeled was negative was actually one of the biggest gifts I could ever, 
ever have. And if that helps one of your listeners, because I know we're all, you know, on this journey together as one being with individual aspects of the same energy, we all are here at being asked the same thing. Come join us. This this heart calling is common to every single human. Well, and and you, I, I was I was hoping that you would have used the phrase about resistance. Resistance is futile, <laughs> <laughs> and in a manner of speaking, it is because simply because um, we contracted to be here under certain circumstances, to learn certain things, have certain experiences, and that's what's going to happen. Now, I have also heard it said that, hey, we have choices. We can opt out. We can change it. It is not, uh, and funny, I said this yesterday on an interview, I said it's not written in concrete, and then I realized, you know what, even if it is, even that's changeable, because you can bust the concrete into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a situation where it's your life. Someone said to me when I, w- when I had been going through a rather tumultuous time about a year ago, and they said, Richard, uh, you wrote this script. This mm-hmm. is not someone else's script. You wrote this, mm-hmm. but you can rewrite it. Yes. All right. And it, it felt a little bit like uh, they were shaming me at first, but actually they were just trying to say, look, uh, yeah, okay, if you want to look at it that way, it's on you. All right, fine. This is your fault. <laughs> or better yet, say, okay, you wrote this, but you can rewrite it and, and have it come out differently. And so I'm, I'm, of, the, I'm of, the, um, of the mindset that uh, uh, I am doing my utmost during those times to, to rise above and try to, almost like people who have those out-of-body experiences, to be the observer to watch what's going on and not get drawn into the emotional uh, dynamic that's Mm. going on. And um, I'll be honest with you, it's actually come fairly, I don't want to say fairly easy, but I've I've been able to to manifest that because I don't like the drama. And I know Mm. some people, some people, they, they, they thrive on it. I'm going, but it's so exhausting. Oh, no, I, I don't, I don't propose drama at all. And yes, absolutely. You can change, you can change your reality. And we, if we're the divine and we are from my perspective and what I know, yes, absolutely. You can create it. You're co-creator with the divine. We're one in the same and you can absolutely rewrite your outcome. Absolutely. Nancy Wiley's my guest, and we are talking about trusting the divine. Trustthedivine.com is the website, and we will be linked to that website on this interview as well as the previous one. And we certainly hope that you will go there as well as continue listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I have to say that, uh, you know, and I've, I, you know, there are certain phrases I'm trying to get rid of. That's one of them. I have to say, no, you don't. Shut up. You know, <laughs> you don't have to say that. Uh, it's 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 uh, similar to some of the and I know there's a name for these ter- these phrases and words. And I can't remember what it is. They're almost like superfluous. Certainly when people like to say, you know, or like uh, after every second or third or fourth word. 
And um, someone said to me, the one way you can get somebody to stop saying, you know, is respond to them every time they say it. No, I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, be as uh, repetitive and eventually they'll ca- they might catch on. Um, but uh, the, the thing that I find so fascinating is that what we're talking about here is so untangible, non-tangible, if you will. I can, you can't put your, your hands on it. And yet it is going to have a profound impact on the things you can touch that you can put your hands on. You can sense with your five senses. And I think that that's one of the, the aspects that might actually appeal to some folks in mm-hmm. that they like the material world. I'm not saying I hate it, you know, but I've gotten to the point where there are certain things in this world that I just don't have an interest in. They just don't draw my attention. And I think that's what happens with a lot of these uh, individuals who end up, say, in the monastic life, uh, similar to uh, many of the people who uh, are in Paramahansa's book, Autobiography. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. They just didn't. It wasn't that they had to necessarily renounce anything. There was just no interest. I don't know if there's no interest or they just get to such a piece. They're above it. They're, they, maybe they're above it. Let's talk about normal humans, which are the people probably listening to this. As so normal, as normal as one can be. Yes. So here's the thing. When you learn the techniques that I share in my book, what happens is you get to this place where you're, it's like a zero point where you're actually one-on-one equal with the creator. You're communing with them. And you can stay in that position of unmanifest territory, or you can bring an intention in something Mm -hmm. you want to change to your life, something you want to create a different reality. So you put it into there and it, it moves it out. Now let's just go to people who have pain, Mm -hmm. something that you're resisting. When you drop that into this energy field, you say it's bad. You labeled it as bad because you're coming from your mind and you bring it into this energy that has no labels. Everything's perfect and divine and beautiful. And it takes that thing you labeled as bad and it just dissolves it into the perfection it is. Mm. So I actually have an exercise in the book to do this, which I kind of started talking about. But once you do that with enough things, you're living a monastery. Um, monastic life in a normal human incarnation with a family, which which is what we started talking about. So you can put everything that your mind labeled as bad and nothing bothers you. I'm going to take you into a, um, um, a specific thing that just happened. So, you know, my book, I was, I wrote it for the Parkland shooting right after it, because it was after five days after that, I went into deep into my communion with the divine, with trust. I said, I trust you. Why did this happen? How does this serve the light? And it showed me and it gave me answers, which are in the book. So we had our interview and then the Uvalde shooting happened. So we haven't talked since the Uvalde, Texas shooting. Mm -hmm. So that day I found myself watching the news and I was having like a deja vu all over again. And I felt my energy field go in, in, in. I sat on the couch, I started watching the news, felt worse and worse for the whole next day. 
and my um, one of my person who helps me with my my Facebook and my other social media platforms is like, what do you want to post? What do you want to post? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm suffering right now. So this was not even 24 hours after it happened. So I said to myself, so this happens faster. You're still human. You're still going to have instances. But you can, with this knowledge, this sacred, holy knowledge, you can catch yourself and you can say, okay, I'm, I'm falling out of, I'm, I'm going, you could literally feel my, I could feel my energy go down. I could feel it being in, um, in survival mode and, and safety and security, having insecurity issues. And I could just feel the whole contraction. Like I got to get a hold of myself. What did I do? I stopped. I started breathing. I came into the present moment. I said, I trust. I trust. I used everything in my book. And I started getting answers. I, I mean, just, just that little bit of stopping yourself, breathing, coming into the present moment, as I explain in the book, which is what every, you know, pretty much everybody knows how to do it. You just breathe and you just come into the present moment. And I got answers. I got so many profound answers and it was basically twofold. One is what do I stand for? Mm. What do I stand for? Do I stand for this? Hell no. It's the opposite. I mean, yes, I did. I, I'm of the proponent. If I see something which my mind labels as negative and bad, I have to take responsibility for it. I have to take my part in that as a societal member, collective consciousness, what did we do to cause a human being who would do this? What? Was it the parenting, the lack of parenting, the, you know, the lack of supervision? The kid was bullied. He wasn't even living with his mom. His mom had a, um, I guess she was separated from the father and he had a stepfather. He wasn't, wasn't even, he was 18 and not even living at home. Wasn't in school. He was a dropout. He was bullied. You see where I'm going? He probably mm -hmm, had mm -hmm, the video mm -hmm. game that killed people and, you know, took pride in killing people. Then he's on social media, which promotes it, right? Mm -hmm. They become heroes if they kill people. What, the, what kind of sick society is this? And then that he can get a gun. He can get an automatic rifle when he's 18 and he is unstable and unsupervised. What the hell? I mean, what kind of society is this? But do I say it's someone else's fault? No, we say, what can I do to change this? Take individual responsibility. And then two, this is most important. If we hear nothing else than this, what do I stand for? Do I stand for fighting against guns, fighting against this, fighting against that? Or do I stand for love? Do I take my feet and firmly plant them on this planet Earth and say, I stand for love? I am love. Even in the midst of this horrific thing, I stand for love. I choose love. With this is so powerful. I was shown that day that this is so powerful. We think as an individual person, we cannot make a difference. But when we stand firmly with love and plant our energy on this earth, I got that that was so powerful. One little me doing that is power so powerful. That is the antidote. And the more people 
we can get to plant our feet in love, in goodness, and what's right and holy, that changes the earth. That changes the planet. That is what we're being asked to usher in right now. That is the change. That is why we're having all this blender going on around us. Because it wants us to take a stand for what is holy and right and good. And that sends the vibration out and changes more than we could possibly know or understand from our human perspective. But I am shown that's the change that is happening and needed and going about right now. Nancy Wiley, my guest here on Tell Me Your Story, talking about Trust the Divine, trustthedivine.com. And uh, you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's a pleasure to have Nancy back with us again. You know, you raise a very uh, interesting um, uh, question that I keep, I remember after one particular shooting a few years back, the young people they started to collectively get together. They started protesting. They stopped going to school. They uh, actually held some press conferences out in public squares. And there was this movement. They, th their concern was less over the issue of guns and more over the issue of feeling safe. Okay? Those are two separate but yet connected issues. But they wanted to be safe. I, you know, I think about uh, my days in school in the in late 60s and into the 70s. And it wasn't until after... No, I take that back. They did do it to like the last, uh, maybe the last year or two, my junior or senior year in high school. They actually did put up a fence around the school. But it was for the purposes of keeping the students on campus who belonged there and others who didn't belong on campus off, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there was no, it had not, nothing to do with weapons and that kind of thing. It more had to do with like gangs and the, the, the physical violence of fighting and what have you. And uh, I, I, when I hear, when I hear the conversation about uh, about these these types of events, my first thought goes when when people are standing up for their quote unquote rights. So your rights are more important than keeping our children safe. Aren't you the ones who say that our children are our future? Guess what? Our future is being destroyed tens and twenty and thirty and fifty and eighty and a hundred at a time to where we will have no future at this rate. Because we're losing thousands every year to things like this. Mm -hmm. So how important is how important is your future? This is one of the things about choices. Um, uh, without going into a long uh, thing here, one of my guests made the comment, says, the choices that you make today and tomorrow and the next day will decide where you're going to be in the future. But it's your perception of what you think the future will be that's going to determine the choices that you make today, tomorrow and the next day. So what is your view of the future? And what I see right now, you're talking about spreading love, about thinking and feeling and sending and all of this love, which is wonderful. 
And boy, we need more of it because there are a lot of people out there who are the individuals who are standing up for their rights. And again, no judgment, it, uh, even though it sounds like I'm being judgmental here, mm-hmm. uh, who are are taking those positions out of fear. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I think this way. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about my individual rights. I exercise my individual rights by being more concerned about the collective, the community, the people around me. Because if if I'm concerned about them, then I'm also concerned about me. I mean, I'm in the community, doggone it. But mm-hmm. it's not about me and me alone. I can't survive without everybody else. We weren't put here as individuals on individual planets to live solitary lives. We were put here collectively. So that, that's got to mean something. So can I comment a little bit on that? Please. So I'm not, I'm, don't take this the wrong way. So let me finish when, and then we'll come back to what you're saying. Sure. So it was pointed out to me by my teacher that too many people are taking a stand. I take a stand for the vegetarians. Oh no, I take a stand for the meat eaters. I take a stand for women. No, I take a stand for men. I take a stand for Democrat. No, I take a stand for Republican. When you take a stand, the stand takes you. Mm. So even what you were saying, you were taking a stand, mm. right? So you were you were planting yourself. Here is the what is shown being shown to me is that when we take those stands and I'm just, I'm just going to say Democrat and Republican so we can kind of stay there. We become firm and we're not able to touch or reach or anything. And what I see is the people in the middle coming together, uniting and maybe 70% let's just take our country, maybe 70% of our country can find commonality. And here again, coming from your mind, which makes someone lacking, missing or wrong, which that just was, okay, or coming from our consciousness, which is seeing what's unifying, what's good, what's common, what's beauty, what's truth, and what unites Right. Mm, Just mm. by taking the stand, you were you were taking a stand and it 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 makes you stuck in the ground right there. But if we let go of labels, if we let go and we are open to listening, which no one's neither party's open to listening. So we're kind of broken. We're at a a standstill Mm -hmm. and that needs to fall away. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm being shown. Mm -hmm. We need leaders who unify, who look for the good and the commonality. Wow. How, okay, yes, we disagree. How can we agree? It's, it's a total different paradigm, which is your show is all about mm-hmm. is the paradigm mm-hmm. changing. Mm-hmm. And this is the paradigm which I am showing. We need people brave enough to stand out there. For me, I'm a little afraid to go out there because if I go out there and I say this, I'm going to get attacked by both sides, right? Mm -hmm. But that is not what's being shown to me. It's being shown to me 70%-ish 
is in the middle and can find common ground. And I get that vision over and over again, Richard, mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and over again. And it shows me to have a show where we have um, um, a Republican and a Democrat and we have them free record their answers to simple questions because then they can't change them and fight, you know, because they'll just dig in and, and you know, just negate each other. Mm-hmm. But it'll, it'll show the commonality. We need a rational person showing the commonality and moving us past this. So it's almost like we need a third party. I don't know if it's possible. I heard that it's not, but we need leaders that actually will be open-minded and get rid of the broken aspect of the way our country is right now and the divisiveness, because that is coming from the mind. Yeah, That is not aligned with the divine, <laughs> not at all, because something's lacking, missing, or wrong, and it's hateful, and that is not taking a stand for love. So when we seemingly think that these two things are not, we're not um, causing the mass shootings, guess what? That hatred, that's exactly the same vibration of someone who would shoot all those people. So Mm. that's where we have to look at ourselves, take responsibility. Am I being hateful right now? Am I being judgmental? Am I labeling one bad versus the other? Then we take responsibility and we can change that and come from it from a whole, a place of holiness, of unity, unifying what's common and good. And we move forward from there. Do you see the difference, the vibration? These two would go away Mm -hmm. and we would have this beauty once again. If we ever had it, I don't even know if we ever had it, but this is what is being shown to me. Makes me think about the author I had on who wrote a book about uh, returning to a reasonable form of government. And my very first question out of the block was, when was the last time we had a reasonable form of government? To which he responded, I was only slightly surprised. I said, uh, well, it was about, uh, let's see, about three minutes after the the, uh, ink was dry on the Constitution. Because after that, everybody wanted to make sure their ox didn't get gored. Trust the divine. Nancy Wiley, I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. We're bringing you new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. And I will tell you that Nancy has, uh, without a doubt, given me a a, a great deal to think about. (laughs) I will share with you an experience I had when I was back in Phoenix for my sister's memorial. Um, I had a conversation, uh, a a long time multi-hour conversation with my brother and we are for all intents and purposes on those different ends of the spectrum if you will you know the that you just described and we had a very uh somewhat heated conversation for probably half that time and as we moved through it i thought you know what i i'm thinking i don't want this thing to degenerate this conversation to degenerate to where we we have what ha- has happened over the last five or six or seven years uh, to multiple families and couples who say, fine, then I'm out of here. You're I'm, I you are dead to me. Kind of I, I no. So I took the position internally. This man is still going to be my brother when we are done talking here. OK, we are still going to be family. There will be no estrangement. And we actually got to a place where there were three issues I don't even remember what the issues were, where we both agreed 
that these issues need to, to be need to be dealt with, even though we might disagree, or I should rephrase that, we didn't necessarily disagree. We have different solutions to addressing those three issues. But we agreed that those three issues, yeah, we need we need to take care of these. You know, you know, we we just do. And it was when my mother came out of the bedroom and said, Boys, he's 59, I'm 62. Boys, it's 1 a.m. Uh, and, of course, we kind of wrapped it up at that point. <laughs> but we were still brothers, uh, still had the same basic dynamic that we had before that conversation began. I have a better understanding now of where he's coming from, which is neither right nor wrong. It's just where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what his perception of me and my perspective is. But <laughs> the fact is, he is still my brother. He is still blood. Just like my my three sisters uh, and my fourth sister who had just passed and and my parents. And I made the commitment that I was not going to allow this to be some kind of a wedge that would somehow divide us. You know, we don't communicate that much in general anyway, just because we don't, not for any particular reason. You know, he has his life. A uh, matter of fact, I'm 62, he's 59, he's already retired and traveling, which is great. I I applaud him. I even told him how proud of him I was when he took my parents to China uh, about eight or nine years ago. I thought, man, I'm glad you have the wherewithal to do that. I wish I did, but I'm not envious of him by any means. I'm proud of the fact that he did that for our parents. I mean, they deserve that. They raised six kids. Come on. They deserve, mm-hmm. they deserve a darn uh, a Nobel Prize, Peace Prize, <laughs> for, for keeping us all together. So I know that it's possible what you're speaking of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually going to go into a further explanation of where I was coming from. As you describe it, my stand, okay? But I thought, no, 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 you don't need to do that. Just leave it alone. <laughs> because you understand what she's saying, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've told this to, to my listeners many, many times. Uh, in one conversation I had with a guy uh, who was talking about these different philosophies, I shared mine. He says, well, let me tell you uh, what my perspective on your philosophy is, blah, 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 blah. To which I thought about it for a moment. I said, you know what? Well, there goes another one of my grass huts up in flames. I know. I love that about you. You're and, able to yeah. be open. I and, love and, that. And it's not to say that I don't have my stands, okay, because <laughs> I, I still get into conversations with people. Uh, but I loved what one of my friends said just recently. He says, uh, yeah, but it's, it's a waste of time. I mean, to go there, to converse about that, whatever it is, it's a waste of time, you know, because all it's going to do is uh, generate that energy of division, of separation, of disconnect, of alienation, whatever other term you want to use. And I tend to agree with him. It, it's just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just saying that my conversation with my brother was a waste of time. It wasn't because I do understand. I mean, he's traveled. I haven't. He's been to other countries. I haven't. That's true. Uh, um, I still have a different perspective on on things than he does but that's what makes us unique as individuals and that's what makes the world go around so to speak you know is these different what if we could listen to each other and hear civilly 
their viewpoint. Yeah. I love that. I think that would that would get us there. Yeah. You know, you, you, you there, know where I'm coming yeah. from with that. Yeah. There is a there is a uh, the fairness doctrine that was uh, abolished in 1981 by the then president. Uh, and I think it was one of the biggest mistakes that created a lot of this polarization. I'm not saying that it wouldn't exist today, but it basically said that if as a broadcaster, radio or television at the time, uh, if you're going to talk about an issue, you have to talk about it from m- multiple sides. I've talked with some very conservative individuals about that doctrine uh, based upon how I've summed it up. And I've asked them, do you think that it should be brought back? I was actually genuinely surprised when they said, yes, it should be. It should be. Uh, And of course, then there are those who say, oh, I don't want the government telling me what I can talk about. I said, it's not telling you what you can talk about. It's telling you to converse about a subject from as many sides as is possible. At At least two of them. It then eliminates the echo chambers. Okay. It eliminates that. And it says... You want to you want to use the slogan fair and balanced, then be fair and balanced. Yes. And then we can and then we can and then we then we will really be able to talk about stuff. Mm -hmm. I I remember when we were celebrating the 500th anniversary of Christopher Columbus. And I remember back to my school days of learning about the history of the, uh, you know, uh, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. And it was a great story, and he discovered this and that. I still always wondered why the country wasn't called Columbus instead of America after America Vespucci. Why is it? Why was it called America? Usually, you give the last name, Vespucci. Uh, how would you like that as the name of this country? Love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then on the five hundred, the five hundredth anniversary in nineteen ninety two. I started hearing three different versions of the history of Christopher Columbus. On the one hand, he was a saint. On the other hand, he was a devil. And on the third hand, if you will, he was somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I figured, well, okay, there's probably a little bit of all of those in the in the true, the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we seem to be, and I'm loving a lot of the history that's coming out now about the contributions that women of all colors have made in the history of this country, in different industries, and so forth. Uh, and, and it's like, uh, what was it? I heard that uh, it was not Henry Ford who invented the first automobile. He just got the patent in first. It was actually, I believe, uh, Benz uh, who developed the Mercedes Benz. Hmm. Uh, I think it was him. I'm, I, don't quote me on that. But it's like... Um, we never seem to get the the whole story until decades, if not centuries later. Yeah. And and I, I know and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about yeah. as we continue here in terms of not so much history, but in terms of this concept concept of of truth mm-hmm. also in the context of listening to that still small voice, if you will. Um, because I personally believe that that's all you're going to get is the truth. But it's only going to be about you and for you, unlike many of the uh, ministers and pastors who would say, God told me to tell you, God has my number. I will even take the collect call 
Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you think mm -hmm. God told you to tell me. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate your concern. However, <laughs> don't talk to us about that level of importance of going within and listening to that still small voice, trusting the divine. Yeah, so I'm going to talk on two different levels. So one is, before I wrote the book, I came across another book by Dr. David Hawkins called Power Versus Force. It's an awesome book. Everyone should read it. It's about a man, a doctor, a physician who actually had two near-death experiences, and it showed him things beyond the veil. So he came back with telling truth versus non-truth mm -hmm. is the way he would say it. And you can calibrate anything, the truth of anything, because where our minds, you know, we maybe we still have a little, even, you know, me, where I'm a human, right? Am I taking a stand? What's the truth? And you can calibrate things on a scale of zero to a thousand. A thousand would be Buddha and Jesus. And then zero, anything below 200 is not life affirming. Anything life affirming has to be calibrated at, or is calibrated at over 200. So anything below 200, not life affirming. So you can calibrate. And that's with the kinesiology where you put your non-dominant hand out and you as the yeah. connection mm -hmm. to whether you realize it or not, you can still have um, truth be told through you. Now, you cannot do this because you can't do it to yourself. Right. But there is a way you can do it. It was taught to me by um, uh, Dr. Lee Vickers in Fort Lauderdale. You can do it by bringing whatever the essence is to your heart. And then you put your your um, pinky or, or mm -hmm. sorry, your pointer and your thumb together. When you say yes, it is. Yes. Yes. You can do it that way. But this way is even easier. Ah, okay. You can okay. say yes. And if it's a yes, it's slippery. And if it's a no, you get friction and it stops. And so it takes some time. And we do have to be integrous enough. I forget what the level is, but we have to have a certain amount of integrity to have it work reliably. So we have to be we have, we have to work on ourselves somewhat to some degree. Yeah, and then yeah. you can say yes, and then you can calibrate it. So I'm always calibrating. What's the Democratic Party calibrating at? What's the Republican Party calibrating at right now? And I get numbers and I can see. I can also read energy, but just for your viewers, you can do truth versus non-truth, or you can calibrate the high, how, how, valuable is that to the human species and to the evolution of the planet you know which is god god's source mm -hmm. so that's one before i could do it but now what i do i still do that because sometimes i do still feel like i'm taking a stand and i you know it's my humanists we're we're human we have to accept and acknowledge and actually relish the fact of us taking this body and having this experience because it is quite beautiful. Okay. So now with that said, when I commune with the divine, I can get answers. I get direct answers. Every single listener, every single human on the planet can do that because every human is made the same way. Now with this going into this communion and having that direct line, you can get answers to what you're saying. And you can be sure if something's lacking, missing or wrong, you're in your mind. You're fooling yourself. You are not in this communion with this dance 
with the with the divine. It's it's beautiful and it shows you the beauty in everything, even mm-hmm. the things that we see as you know, someone lost their life in that shooting. That seems to my human mind a very negative thing, but that person actually gave their life to evolve us all. Mm-hmm. And what a valiant, heroic thing that was to do that. Nancy Wiley is my guest. Trust the, the, Trust the Divine is the book. Trustthedivine.com is the website. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, I just want to ask you, Nancy, uh, so this dance that you talk of, mm-hmm. and I, I say this tongue-in-cheek, uh, <clears throat> is this a waltz, a tango, or is it the first <laughs> dance I learned in eighth grade dance class? Is it just the box step? It's everything. It's it all. It's all of it. It's all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, one last thing I want to add is the the divine has a sense of humor. Yeah. It's yeah. got a pretty darn good sense of humor. It likes to play with us. Yeah. And it likes to test you. Oh, so you say you trust us it me mm-hmm. so do you trust me right now and then something you know which my mind labels is that is that i'm like well that experience that i mentioned at the beginning of the program about bicycling a half a mile before i had to turn around and go back uh that's really my impression of what that was all about is like okay you say you you trust and you're going to follow the promptings are you or are you not and it's like <laughs> Okay, all right, I'll go. I'll turn around and I'll go back the other way. And the more I've done that, the more I have, uh, and I don't have to acquiesce anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's more a matter of, oh, I'm getting a prompting. Okay, and and uh, it's not a question of, and I said I would trust, so I'm gonna do, I'm gonna follow. No, it's it's now a matter of course. It's second nature. It's Love it. it. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, <laughs> it's kind of like when I first started using GPS, we were taking a trip up uh, up to 101. And every so often, my GPS would uh, spout off, okay, uh, turn here, do this, do that, do the other, to get back on the 101. Except we had never left the 101. <laughs> and at that time, the accuracy was nothing like it is today. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of along those same lines is gradually got better and better at listening to and then following. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, again, I think I shared this before where um, I was dealing with a financial issue and I got the prompting to do this one thing. And I'm, no, no, no. That's contrary to the plan that I have created. <laughs> and it just, you know, and finally, all right, all right, I'll do it. And I did it and realized after the fact, a few days later, I realized Oh, boy, am I glad I listened and followed through on that because otherwise things would be a lot worse today. (laughs) And that's certainly hindsight. Mm -hmm. But we won't have to use hindsight if we really get into the practice of listening to and following. I want to thank you so much for uh, being with us here on the program. This has been a real pleasure. And I guarantee you we will have you back to talk more about this. I would want I'll tell you what. The next time we get together, and there will be, I would like to go through some of those steps that you outline in your book for learning how to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, teaching ourselves how to trust the divine. I love it. I would love that. I would 
I was thinking maybe we should do that today, but um, we'll do that next time because that gives us a reason to get together and dance together. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it might even be breakdancing. I don't know. I, I can actually spin pretty good on my head now. Um, I have got those three questions I'd like to ask you again uh, that I always ask my guests here on the program. But I will also first say, folks, thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world. And, of course, we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Mondays at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for that special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We also are podcasting. On SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations on the Internet. And you can also find uh, the players, if you will, the, the, uh, over the past three or four years. You can find those players on the homepage of RichardDugan.com as well as the link to listen live uh, when we broadcast uh, those times uh, Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. We also ask you to subscribe so that you can be notified of new programs coming up and uh, also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision where we've been talking about it throughout the entire program. Where You go within and listen to the divine. Trust it. I guarantee, you know, re really trust it. Uh, if it's life affirming, go for it. Go for it. I mean, it, and it always will be. And then if you'd like to support what we're doing, we'd greatly appreciate that. All you have to do is go to PayPal, and there's a link on the homepage of richarddugan.com where you just click on that, and it takes you right there. We'll take any amount. We'll take energetic support. It's there for your security as well as ours. With that, we then ask these questions one at a time to our guests. I love it. And someone even suggested that one of these days, Richard, you need to put these, uh, these answers to these questions from these different guests little bio on the guest, and then the answers in a book. Well, <laughs> hey, I've got f almost 15 years worth of programming, so you just never know. Uh, the first of these three questions, though, right now are, the first one is, who is Nancy Wiley? Yeah, you know, I, I don't like to put a label on there. It's, I'm, I'm an open human being. How about that? Open to what comes next. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Create a massive shift in human consciousness. And what is your life's purpose? I, I, oh, it's the same to create a massive shift in human consciousness, but to just be it, mm. be it walking on the planet. And I will tell you about the first question. A great surprise to me when I asked it of one of my guests was nothing but silence. Mm. And I thought, wow, okay, mm. I can take that. Uh, mm. That's going to be hard to put down on the page. I'll just have to put several uh, double spaced lines <laughs> of nothing. Anyway, I thank you again for joining oh, us here on the program. It's been a pleasure. And we will have you back to go through the, the, the steps that you have come up with, the, the Nancy Wiley method, the NWM, <laughs> the NWM. And I thank you again. Okay. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you all listeners and viewers. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day and this land, some of this information lands and takes you home. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening.